Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Praise the Lord. Well, who was here Friday night? Oh, wow. We just had an, an extraordinary time in the presence of God. I could barely stand up. I was shaking under the presence of God so much. Um, my old pastor used to tell me that some people just have weak wiring when it comes to the Holy Ghost, and uh, that's why some people shake and some people don't. You know, it really isn't important what the outward manifestation is, but when we seek after the presence of the Lord, He wants to fill us to overflowing, amen? And we heard some amazing testimonies. I don't know if my sister's here that shared the testimony about the blood disorder. Are you here? Is she here? I'll, I'll try to share, share it. I'd have to listen to it again to get all the details. She's, I, I believe she's actually a doctor, a specialist. And she had a um, serious blood disorder where she couldn't make ferritin, iron at all, and um, would often black out and very serious condition. And um, in, in the meeting, when uh, Randy Clark's people were here, Tom Jones was here, they just asked for those who had um, blood disorders to come forward. She went forward, just believed for the Lord to touch her. She's gone back. Normally, uh, prior to having prayer, she'd had a, a, her blood test had said that she was in the negative numbers for, for ferritin. And uh, she had, went and had her blood tests after receiving prayer and it was up in the 200s and uh, has been completely healed. It's an impossibility in the natural. So yay God, the word of the Lord. And uh, so if you, want, if you want all the clinical details for all our doctors in the congregation, have a look on Friday night. It was an awesome testimony. I'll send it through uh, to Tom Jones. And praise the Lord, my good here. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> get the hair out of the way and get the thumbs up from the people. We are all happy. God bless you, media team. We love you, you do an amazing job. Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, praise the Lord. Let's, let's just pray. Father, we're so thankful for today. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're gonna say of the Lord, this is your house, Lord. This is your word and we are so grateful, Lord, to be able to hear from you. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, you're our protector, our comforter, our father. And Lord, I ask that you would stretch forth your hand today to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. For those watching, Lord, I pray that you'd stir their hearts, that you'd minister healing to them even as they hear this, whether it be now or later when they watch. Papa, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you'd touch each person here in the building. Lord, that your hand would be with them. Father, we don't want an echo or a shadow of a move of God. Lord, we want the new. God, we, we hunger and we thirst, Lord, for all that you wanna do. Lord, fill us with fresh oil, Father, we ask. Fresh oil in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I've been speaking about oil and wine. And I, 
have been really hearing the Holy Spirit putting in an emphasis on this message of oil and wine. We talked about Jesus turning the water into wine. Uh, we talked about the uh, Gideon's uh, army and the, the uh, trumpets and the, the light. But I believe the Lord is really speaking to us about this. And I wanna just spend a little bit more time on this today. In Revelation chapter six, verse six, I've shared this a few times. There's a, uh, an interesting verse. And in the middle of what is described as terrible tribulation, famine, and all sorts of trials and, and tribulation, persecution, we read this interesting verse and it says, I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of wheat of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. And it's always stood out to me, what an unusual thing to say in the middle of all this persecution and tribulation and trouble, the Lord says, don't harm the oil and the wine. And you know, the Lord wants us to know that no matter what we're going through, no matter what circumstance, doesn't matter what's, being, uh, what's going on around us, we have a command from the Father that not even the enemy can touch the oil and the wine that is available to us on tap all the time. So whether you're going through a good time or a hard time, when you are in pain or suffering, it doesn't matter. God has mandated that you have access to fresh oil and wine every day. That it does, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the anointing that he wants to pour out upon you, from the joy, the refreshing of his wine, the wine of his love for you. It's there for you and it will not be touched. Nothing, nothing can take that away from you. It doesn't matter what emotions you're feeling. It doesn't matter what circumstances you're going through. You have, you can put your faith in the word of God that says, it doesn't matter, God has said that nothing, not even the enemy can touch the oil and the wine. That's mine, it's, I can have it, it flows freely from heaven and I can have peace that passes understanding. I can have joy inexpressible and full of glory regardless of any circumstance that might come my way. Hallelujah, that is good news, amen. And then the other night I was sharing a, a verse from Psalm 92, verse 10. And it says this, my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I've been anointed with fresh oil. Different versions say different things. Some of them even say my, my horn you've exalted like a unicorn. And I, I said, I, I don't think it was the unicorns that you see in my little pony. The, the, fluffy things with the rainbows. No, this was a powerful creature. Um, in the Septuagint, it reads it like this. I will raise my horn high like a rhinoceros. And in my old age, I will still have plenty of anointing, plenty of oil. And you know, that's a promise, like this oil and the wine that won't be touched. It doesn't matter what season or stage of life you're at, because you are part of the body of Christ, you have access to the unfettered, unhindered anointing of Christ in season 
out of season, when you feel spiritual, when you don't, when you feel like you're going full blast and doing really well, and when you feel like you're a failure, because you are the redeemed of the Lord, you have access to his anointing. If only you go to him and say, here's my cup, fill it up. It's yours, you can have it by faith at any moment, in any season, in any circumstance. Hallelujah. That is happy, happy, happy news. But I wanna look at some more oil and wine today. And we're gonna look at that in Luke chapter 10, if you wanna turn there with me. Who loves their Bible? (sighs) The oil and the wine that's available to us is something that is freely given. But you know, you can have as much of it as you actually go and taste and go and receive. God has for us, the Bible says, daily bread. That, That is, he's got fresh revelation for you every day. He's got fresh oil. He's got fresh wine. The Bible tells us that he leads us beside still waters, makes us lie down in green pastures and restores our soul. Now yesterday I just put on some worship and I I started and just began to look at him in the face and there was so much going on and I had so many things happening that I I was struggling actually to really feel it and connect that day. So I just began to play through some of the prophetic words that I'd received over the years. And as I began to hear again the words of the Lord, my heart started to remember, oh, thank you God, yes. And then I began to think about all the people and the kindnesses of people and the the encouragements that I'd received. And I began, my heart just began to be moved with the love of Christ. And then I was able to worship Him afresh. You know, God wants us to experience His love personally, corporately, But there is also an aspect of the love of Christ that can only be experienced together with all the saints. If you have a look in Ephesians chapter three, we'll come back to Luke 10. But if you have a look in Ephesians chapter three, it says this, it's my favorite prayer, hallelujah. Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. God wants us to be able to drink of the wine of his love personally as we commune with him face to face, corporately as we come together, but he also wants us to be able to experience the love of Christ through each other and with each other. Let's have a look at this story in Luke 10. Many of you know the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, so I won't read it all, but pretty much there was a guy that was on the road, a Samaritan, uh, not a Samaritan, a Jewish man that was um, on the road and he was attacked by thieves. He was beaten badly, he was robbed and he was just left half dead on the side of the road. 
Verse 31, it says, Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay of you. I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell among the thieves? And the people said to him, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. As I was looking at that, I was thinking, this is so interesting, this oil and wine theme that God keeps pointing out. God pours out his anointing, his refreshing, his love, his oil, his wine for us personally. But you know what? We can also pour out oil and wine on one another. When you, the Bible tells us that an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Today I was thinking about some of the kind words that people have given, some of the kind things that people have done. Even last night we were at dinner with all our um, friends who went to Vietnam with us, the team, and people were coming around, they were just uh, encouraging each other, saying hello, and I remember Tom and I were just sitting there and Chris Wyman came past and he just put his hand on both of our shoulders, he said, hey guys, how are you, God bless you and moved on and with the next one. But as he did that, both of us just felt the love of God just in the gentle touch, just in the, hello, I'm here, I love you guys. And you know what, I was taught when, um, many years ago that if possible, it's, it's good to never walk past someone you love without touching them. Just a gentle acknowledgement I'm not talking about anything weird. I'm not talking about being inappropriate. But you know what? You never know how much your smile, your encouragement, your gentle, in, uh, just a touch on their shoulder, a look in the eyes that says, how are you doing? You don't know how much that will mean. You don't know that when you just uh, share a, a quick, kind word to someone passing, that it doesn't go in a bank, that when they next have a bad day, the Lord brings it to remembrance and uses it as an entryway for them to be able to experience His fresh oil for that day. You see, we are His hands and feet. We are His body. And while people are no substitute for God, when we recognize that we're connected to God, our kindness, our love for one another will help people connect to the Father and experience His love. Today, I was just thinking about all of our amazing people, our amazing friends. I was thinking about Meredy here every time I walk in, Friday, Sunday, it doesn't matter. I walk in and she'll come up, she'll make an effort to come up to me, look me in the eyes, even just for a moment, and say, how are you? And give me a hug. And every time she does it, I experience the love of Christ. I think about Trevor, you know, the other night, we're walking out 
Tom and I with Trevor and Meredith, and as they go to get in their car, he calls out across the car park, by the way, that was a really good message. And you might think, well, that's nice. But when I thought about it today, when I was having a little, little bit more of a hard time, I went, God, that was so lovely. And it helps me feel his love for me, God's love for me. I think about people who are here in and out, day in, day out, loving Christ, loving on people, ministering to the children, loving on people when nobody sees it. And my heart gets moved and I feel God when I think about it. You know, you are pouring oil and wine and in doing so, helping people open their hearts to receive the fresh oil that God himself wants to pour through us. Hallelujah. We should never take for granted the opportunity to demonstrate the love of Jesus. You know, very often, um, we, we don't know what state people are in. Some people are very good at putting on a great facade. I can be quite good like that. I don't cry easily. I, I'm pretty tough. And I remember um, years ago, I was going through a really difficult time and I had to go to a pastor's meeting in LA and it was a pre-meeting where some of our friends were going to be. I walked in, I had my pastor's hat on, <laughs> walked in, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you, wonderful, yeah, great, good, good, good. And then my friend Charles Stock saw me across the room and I went over to Charles and he just opened his arms and said, Catherine, and I burst into tears. I, and I, I thought, how did that happen? Nobody gets around me like that. I actually went and talked to God about it afterwards. I went, what, what, what was that? And the Lord just said, he carries my presence and in my presence you feel safe. And I made a conscious decision at that moment to intentionally, by faith, carry that same atmosphere of heaven everywhere I go, that when, my, when I greet somebody, I don't just do it in a way that is functional, but with an intentional purpose of releasing that atmosphere of heaven that allows them, even if it is just momentarily, to experience the love of Christ so that if they are in a, a difficult space or in times future they're in a difficult space, they can remember that moment and, and use it as an access point to open their hearts to the Father who wants to come in and give them a big hug, really encourage them and restore their soul, amen? So I began to prepare myself, I'd do things like um, I'd wait for Joseph to come home from school. He's out of school now, finished school, doing the academy now, hallelujah. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd look at the clock for when he was gonna walk through the door and I'd start to prepare myself in faith to like when he hears my greeting, he's gonna experience the atmosphere of heaven. He's gonna experience that same place of absolute acceptance and peace and love that I experience when I get alone behind closed doors with the Father. Now, I, I, um, when I get alone with God, I, ever since I've been young, I haven't liked people to see me cry, don't like that, you know. I, I think it started when um, 
I was about 12 or 13 years old. Our cat had been run over and I got home. Mum wasn't living with us. We had a nanny that looked after us. And I got home, there was a nice Mars bar on my pillow. And, and I could tell, and she, you know, she said, oh, the cat died. And she just stood at the door um, you know, to see if I needed any comfort. And I just got angry with her, like, go away, get away from me. And I, I didn't want her to see me break down because for me, it was like, all of this is wrong. My parents should be here. Everything's wrong, just go away, don't look at me. And after that point, I don't think I cried probably for 10, 15 years until the Father did a big work in my heart, hallelujah, came and healed me. But you know, it has been since that time I've found that when I get alone with God though, I'm so safe. The tears can flow. But when I get around people that also carry that compassion, that love of Christ, I can also let the guard down. I can receive love and I can give love and I can feel and experience family like he always designed, hallelujah. We have the opportunity as the body of Christ to be known by our love for one another. We have the opportunity to pour oil and wine on the hearts of people that are seriously suffering. And you might not know it. You might be dealing with a cranky um, sales assistant at Woolies at the local grocery store. And you might be frustrated, or you might be frustrated with somebody or, or a mechanic that you're having your car fixed with and feeling like, oh, and not realize what they're going through at that moment. But if instead you can intentionally release through the, the love of God, through your smile, through your eyes, with a kind word, asking the Father, help me to pour oil and wine on them today, what you will do is you will unlock their hearts to be able to receive the kindness of Christ. I'm gonna ask Alison, she doesn't know I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna ask Alison just to come and share a quick testimony of what happened the other day. Now many of you have been doing silence breakers and receiving some training on what it looks like to share the gospel. But this really touched me. I heard this last night at our Vietnam dinner, hallelujah. You went to take your dog go and get groomed. Yep. Tell me about what happened for that lady. Thanks. Um, I knew that she had experienced some pain in her hands and elbow with uh, like a type of arthritis. So I was just asking her how she was going and she said that she had a bit of pain in her elbow and she had to reduce her hours. So once we had finished with the dog, I said, oh, would it be all right if I prayed for you? And so prayed for her elbow and the pain disappeared <laughs> and the stiffness also disappeared because she said, oh, it's still a bit stiff. So I prayed again and the stiffness went. And so I said, why don't I pray for your fingers as well? And she said, oh, they're okay, they're not in pain. And I said, well, I'll, I'll pray for them. And then um, she said, oh, they don't click anymore. And God is so good, He's so kind. And He showed His love to her that moment in doing that for her. And uh, I was so touched by that. Yay, well done. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I often see it, that when you offer to pray for somebody out and about on your daily, 
in your daily life, people often get very shocked. What? Why would you do that? Because for them, it's like, why would you step out of the roles that we're in to suddenly cross in and take, have compassion on me? I know that when I ask to pray for somebody, that I know that if I can just say a prayer or just touch them, they're going to experience the atmosphere of heaven. They're going to receive oil, they're going to receive wine, they're going to receive an opportunity to experience the love of Christ. And you know, as we're watching and seeing, more and more people recognize that loving people in the name of Jesus is not an imposition for the people receiving, but a blessing. Then we're seeing people open their hearts. We're seeing so many coming to Christ each week on the streets, which is why we're encouraging people to be trained on how to disciple new believers because we're getting so many new ones coming in that we need the family of God to teach them how do Christians have fun? How do, you, how, do, how do Christians pray? What do you do? What does normal life look like? We need people to uh, help them know how to read the Bible, know how to pray, know how to do family life. Hallelujah. So we're so excited that, uh, to be able to offer that training that's coming up soon. But I believe the Father is wanting to help us today to recognize just as we need to go and receive oil and wine, God wants as much for us to be letting that oil and that wine flow through us to our family, to our friends, to those you think do need it and those you think maybe don't need it. Because you never know, you never know what a kind word will do. You never know what loving on them will do. It's so easy to take things for granted, to take people for granted. Now I have a most amazing husband who just, he never complains about anything. In fact, I have to watch him fairly carefully because he would have to be in extreme pain for me to even have any clue that there was any sort of problem. I mean, I remember one night, I, I looked, I, I was just rubbing his feet and I, I realized there's a huge big thorn in your foot and it's just like, oh, are you all right? Oh yeah, that happened earlier today. Huh? You would like me to take that? Oh yeah, that'd be good, thanks. It's like, <laughs> he doesn't, just doesn't, doesn't complain. But you know, there's lots of people like that in the body of Christ. You know, they just get on with it. She'll be right, mate. You know, fuck up, we'll be right. But a kind word, an offer just to help. I watch Murray, Murray's, Murray's here. Every Friday, every Sunday. He's not paid to do anything, but he does everything. And he does it because he loves God and he loves people. But you know what? You just don't know what the gentlest, the kindest, simplest act of service has done to someone's heart, impacting them and allowing them to open their hearts. I've been sharing with my brother, he's away traveling now, and uh, we were talking about what this new era might look like, and he actually opened the conversation. And he said, you know what? I reckon it'll look like love. I said, I think you're right. He said, well, that's, that seems to be what's happening. That seems to be what, what, what people are starting to really show. 
And as, as someone new coming into the church, my heart was so delighted to realize this is his experience of the body of Christ. They, that they love, that they care. He, had, he, he was in Meg's communion group the other week and, um, and he told me about it. Yeah, they prayed for, for this and this and, and this happened this week for me. And, and you know, we, we can sometimes take for granted in a culture where perhaps you are well connected, you, you have a, a good support. But there are people coming in here every week who just need a friend who just need someone who'll notice if they're not there. Someone who'll notice if they're perhaps not as sparky as they were the week before and put that hand on their shoulder and say, how are you doing? Do you wanna go get some coffee? Do you wanna, do you wanna um, can I pray for you for anything this week? When we start to step outside of our comfort zones, this was inconvenient for that good Samaritan to do. All the others, the professionals, the priest, they all didn't want to be involved. It just looked too hard, a bit scary, I'm busy. But this guy, he had places to be, things to do, but he had compassion and went over, poured on the oil and the wine, bandaged up the wounds, put him on his own animal, which would have meant that he had to walk, took him to an inn, paid his expenses and said, if there's any extra expenses, put it on my tab, put it on my bill and I'll pay you back. You know, going that extra mile, doing that, the Father says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And you know what? As you've done it in his name, you've opened the door for those people to experience the character of God, the true nature of who he is. It's a simple message, it's not a profound, prophetic message today, but I believe the Father is speaking to us. The Father is about to do something we've never seen before. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, hope or imagine. I've been talking about the unthinkable. Even as in society we're seeing the unthinkable things happening that aren't good, that are terrible, that a generation ago we wouldn't have even imagined could have been possible. But God is about to do the unthinkable things through his body. But I tell you, if we have outstanding signs and wonders, words of knowledge and miracles beyond what we've ever seen before and we don't have love, we've got nothing. This must be carried on a wave of the love of Christ that is so rich and so embedded in our very nature and character that we make every effort, effort that goes beyond our comfort zones to deliberately, intentionally care for our brothers and sisters, love one another, then on that basis, in that way, the Father will be able to move. The Lord's looking for us to be a family that he can bring sons and daughters into. He wants us to be a family that are so, know what it looks like to receive his love and to give it away. But I believe the Lord is asking us to let go of our preconceived consumer ideas of what's in it for me 
and start embracing the opportunity to be Christ to those around us. We've often said we're not wanting to build an orphanage where you get a few paid people to look after everybody. But the fivefold, the apostles, the pastors, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, they are called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That is, pastors, are, are, their job is to equip you to pastor people. Whether you're called to be a pastor or not is irrelevant. You're called to be Jesus. And he, he's all of them, hallelujah. He wants you to be able to look, learn what it looks like to manifest the love of Christ, the kindness of Christ to every person you meet. The reason we're uh, I'm running silence breakers is to equip you. We've got Nathaniel, an evangelist, equipping you to do the work of the ministry, hallelujah. We've got um, people like Mark teaching us um, theology so that you can be equipped to open the word and, and, and hear it and discern it and love it, hallelujah. My heart is that we would grab a hold of the compassionate heart of Jesus and not be just people who love truth, but people who love God that we might speak the truth in love, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, God is good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your mercy today. Thank you for your kindness. Lord, I ask that you'd help us, Lord, to be fully aware and fully awake, that no matter what circumstance we're going through, that we would remember, Lord, that we are not victims. We are not consumers, but that we have received your great love, Lord, that we would drink deeply from the river of your pleasure for us, that we might be able to be a river that would pour out oil and wine to those around us. God, we ask for the manifestation of your presence to be so heavy upon us that every person who hears our voice who hears our greeting, who feels our touch, who, who looks in our eyes will see you and feel and acknowledge your love for them. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for a move of your spirit birthed in your love. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info@glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info@glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.